Dudes with some balls. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dudes with Some Balls, your favorite non-paid, non-advertised sports podcast service. It's me and Jordan Ross tonight. And as always, Jordan, how are we doing this fine evening that we are recording? I'm doing well, as always, typically, as always. Uh, it's a, kind of been a tired week. I think it's just that long Labor Day weekend. Lots of football that was consumed over the weekend. Just making me a little tired throughout this week, but I'm going to try to bring the energy for this pod and look forward to discussing some more football with you. Regardless, the energy will be brought come weekend time, and that's all that matters, and that's why we're trying to get this pod out to you before the weekend, a second week of college football with even better matchups, and then the NFL is getting back into its own business, so we got professional and collegiate football back, MLB postseason coming up, NBA action turning around, turnover in sports is happening at full speed so uh either get on board or get off because this dudes with some balls is we uh we're riding some if you know what i'm saying yes sir uh to get into the serious matters we watched week one many of you guys know i'm an oregon ducks fan i was sad jordan on the other end texas longhorns fan pretty good outing against uh ulm and uh, a little tougher matchup this week, and that's really for the college football basis. I told you I just want to touch base on it. When I looked the other day, it was a 20-point favorite for Alabama, and I think that's where the line still stands right now. What do you see as to why that's the line? Well, I just think top to bottom, Alabama's a better team. I think you look at – I mean, they have the Heisman returning at quarterback. Their defense is insane. They have – Every year they lose receivers and then they just reestablish reestablish themselves in that front. They always have a bruiser in the backfield. I just think they're a more talented team. I think Texas is on the rise. I think it was a good showing uh, week one against Louisiana Monroe. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's Nick Saban. It's Alabama. There's a reason they're ranked first in the country. Obviously, they kind of had a – an easier game week one as well. I don't think Bryce Young played more than like the first quarter and a half, but it's kind of like, was it Kirby smart that said it against after the Oregon game? Like he, like Dan landing was the former coach of Georgia. Right. Mm-hmm. And Kirby, I think it was Kirby smart. It was just like, I mean, we just have a better football team than them. Like he's like, he's a good coach or whatever, but he's like, we just have more talent, which was true. Like they, yeah. Georgia is immensely more talented. It wasn't than, disrespectful. Like no. Kirby, Kirby pleaded for Dan to get the job, like huge levels of respect for the whole weekend. It's flat out facts. Now yeah. that, that kind of leads into my next question that I had on it. So when Georgia and Oregon were playing, it was as high as 17 and it was down to 16 and a half. I believe that kickoff was the line for that. And obviously Georgia waxed them. It was way more than that. Do you mm-hmm. see, Texas putting forth hitting that line a little bit better, at least in your opinion. I or think do we so. see another blowout. So I think so, and the reason why is because I think Texas's offense will still be able to put points on the board. Georgia's defense was so good. I, I already had my concerns with Bo Nix going into that game before he was even announced as a starter. Uh, but with that being said, I mean Alabama's going to score points. I think Texas will will be able to score points as well. I mean, the over-under for that game right now is set at 65 and a half. So wow. even Vegas odds are expecting lots of points. Now, I don't know with those with the line and what the odds are. You're looking at like a Alabama 45, Texas 40 is essentially what the line is right now. Or Alabama, yeah, 40, yeah. 
two, whatever Texas 23. So, yeah, there um, I mean, it's going to be, uh, I'll be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Texas keeps it close in the first half and Bama gets a chance to pull away in the second half. Um, but then I also wouldn't be surprised if they put it on Texas early with, or, you know, a freshman quarterback in Quinn Ewers, who I thought looked pretty good last week. So I'm interested, I'm interested to see how he performs in his first big game, you know, as my, a longhorn quarterback. My personal pref- or thought here, it's great that the game's in Austin, first off. Yep. Second thing is, I think if Texas can put points on the board, at least even a field goal, I don't expect them to win. If they start with the ball, if they receive to start the game and put some form of points on the board, I think it just treats the game better in the long term. It gives them a more confidence boost just in general. Anytime you score points statistically first time drive, you're at least going to score a few more times as where like, in, for example, the Oregon game, they picked up two first down and then punt and then pick. And so points on the board in the opening drive, I think is what's going to keep Texas at least from not getting, maybe they're still going to get blown out, but at least putting points on the board. I think that's the biggest thing. First drive sets the tone. I know, I know we didn't want to go crazy on college football, I just had, uh, yeah, yeah, I just had one more point on that game too. And uh, I think that, I think you're exactly right. It's important for them to go down and score early. And this is, we've, I've talked a lot about the Longhorns and Quinn Ewers, obviously I've mentioned he's the number one player of his class, but this is going to be like the true litmus test for him. He was the number one player, not only at the quarterback position, number one player at his entire class, but he was like the third highest rated quarterback out of high school, like ever. Wow. In terms of, I think it was like, uh, 24 seven or whatever that one site does max preps maybe, but basically there was two other quarterbacks rated higher coming out of high school. One was Vince young, who was like a 0.999 rating. And the other one was Trevor Lawrence. So he has a lot of hype around him coming in. Um, and this is going to be his first big test. And you've seen guys like that, like Trevor Lawrence who go into their spot and perform very well. And then you also see number one quarterbacks, uh, like Davis Mills, who struggled to compete for the Stanford job. And now he's in the league. You know, he's made the NFL and he actually had a pretty decent rookie year. Um, but that's just kind of a comparison to look to um, for this game. I think that's probably the most highly anticipated part of the game is the both quarterbacks play. It's a good touch up. I mean, we know what Bryce Young can do. Yep. We know what Quinn's got in his tank, but you got to showcase it at this level, especially not just for his state and potentially being coming a huge draft prospect now, but just to see if Texas is really back on the map, like anticipated they should be, if not this year, next year, which is awesome. Uh, Texas football being back is huge. I actually talked to one of my friends today uh, who moved to Texas recently, Connor Kiefer, and he was telling me people down there are going nuts in that Dallas and Austin area about mm-hmm. just Texas Longhorn football to, the vibes are good there. So this game should matter. I, I think it's going to be sold out from what I understand. And then on top of that, just really quick touch. Like I said, uh, we're going to go into some NFL stuff with NFL weekend being back. We're both jazzed fantasy football rolling. We're going to talk about just division picks, uh, but really quick. I just want to say a little last touch up anything from week one, maybe one team that just stood out to you. That was like maybe a surprise or maybe you like expected it. And it really just validated them. I don't have one team but I have one game Mm -hmm. and it was very, it was one of those that leaves you sick to your stomach as a gambler. Cause I took LSU over Florida state because Florida state started like Oh, and six last year, I believe. And they're playing in new Orleans. And I thought, you know, Brian Kelly, I don't think LSU was going to be like a top, like they were probably going to win seven or eight games this year. um, Even with Brian Kelly's first year, but man, I mean, I took the money line for them to come back in that kind of like a lower scoring affair, man, that 
one, I think Brian Kelly, like that's the type of program that if he doesn't perform well in the first two years, like he's going to be looking for another job um, in the first couple of years, I'd assume. Yeah. And uh, it was good to see Florida state, I guess, start their year on the right track. I think they've played twice now. I think they yeah. should. Be like, I hope they know. come back and have not, it doesn't have to be perfect. Eight, four, nine and three, just be Florida state's presence that we've kind of known in the earlier 2010s, later 2010s. And they fell off after the departure of James Winston goat. But nope. I think in my mind, uh, Michigan really stood out to me. I know that that's it. It's not really something that was huge. They, they played who uh, was the Colorado state and dominated them. I thought what was interesting was they're mixing the quarterbacks still. It's week one, so still seems weird. They can ride that up, which is it's a gamble to ride quarterback battles through as long as you want to do it. But both can compete, both can lead, and their defense was really good. I know it's Colorado State, but the, they did exactly what they're supposed to do against a bad team, and they didn't give up a touchdown until like the end of the game when like the third and fourth strings were in. So it's like I actually really like Michigan. I think Ohio State's still going to be a great team in the Big Ten too, but I said this year is really important for Michigan to see it's, it's going to be expected playoffs are expected now in Michigan, now that they've been there. And I, I want, I think they're really good. I, I do. Yeah. I thought they looked uh, impressive and I don't want to go too much further in college. Yeah. I guess the other two teams that I was wanting to touch base on is uh, Gabriel coming over to Oklahoma. I'm not sure how great of a fit that's going to be like once they start playing against a pretty good competition. Yeah. Um, so that'll be one team that I'm keeping an eye on. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up losing two or three times this year. Um, and then the other game, and since you just discussed Michigan, uh, I mentioned it last week or maybe the week before Jackson Smith and Jiba with Ohio state. I was listening to the broadcast and they were saying like the coaches and that or uh, at the school, think he's potentially going to be better than Olave and Garrett Wilson. Like that's the type of talent he is. So they're one of those teams. He was on the, he was kind of their third receiver last year. He's got an opportunity to be their number one guy this year. And it's just one of those schools that reloads obviously with their first two or their two first round draft picks last year. They just have a stud again at receiver. So great point. And we can totally use that to transition into the NFL Note, I saw Chris Olave, smooth transition right there. It's actually listed as the fifth wide receiver on the Saints going into week one, which is kind of crazy. I don't think it'll last that long. I think he's still going to get his snaps just for whatever reason, ranked that low on the depth chart. But I'm excited to watch his career. I think he's a phenomenal wide receiver out of the Ohio State University. But to go on to NFL talk, the best time to talk about where we think teams are going to finish is right now because then we can look back on the end of the year. And for the most part, I think when me and Booth did this podcast last year, we did it really well. There was a team I predicted to make the playoffs, and they were really nowhere close to making the playoffs. Uh, but uh, fair warning, they are going to be in this playoff prediction again. So without further ado, do you want to kind of give some picks for who we see as division winners and some playoff teams, our seven teams from each spot or each side, the AFC and the NFC? Yeah, let's start over in the AFC. Um, okay. And I think we may have similar uh, maybe, maybe not, but I'll start in the East and I think we'll probably both agree. I love, I love the Buffalo bills. It's a lot of folks, potential Super Bowl champion this year. I love the receiving core with Gabriel Davis, Stefan Diggs, uh, and obviously Josh Allen, everyone's kind of penciling him in as that early preseason MVP. Um, so I love the bills in the East. What yeah. are your thoughts? No further real comment. 
other than I think the Jets are going to win. No, I definitely got the Bills there too. No, no further need. You hit it perfectly. Uh, to, to, to carry on, I'm going to go to the North. And cool. I think this division, you know, since he being in the Super Bowl last year, I think Baltimore was one of the best teams the year previously. And they got hit by the injury bug hard last year, especially on the defensive side and even losing J.K. Dobbins, who is projected to have a huge rookie year. I think I think the Ravens are going to win the division. I'm actually surprised you went with the Ravens because that's my pick too. And, but I have a couple more pieces of why. Like you mentioned the injury bug last year. And it's, some of it's even carried a little bit over into this year. I don't know if you saw this, but their mascot actually, <laughs> tore, actually tore his ACL this year. I did see that. Uh, so that, I think they had like eight guys on their team tell their, tear their ACL last year. The mascot got caught the bug this year. Um, I think his name's Poe. So prayers up for Poe. Hopefully he comes back soon. But Lamar Jackson's going into a potential contract year, you know, warranted that the the Ravens don't franchise tag him and he is representing himself. So he is trying to get paid as much money as possible. And you mentioned JK Dobbins being out last year. They're expecting him to return in the backfield this year. They also had a pretty good draft with being able to bring in uh, safety, Kyle Hamilton from, uh, from Notre Dame. Uh, And I think that offensively losing Holly Hollywood Brown, uh, it'll be a big test to see if Rashad Bateman can step up and solidify himself as that uh, wide receiver one. Um, and obviously they still have Mark Andrews, but mm-hmm. I think that if they could stay healthy, I think they're the team to beat right now in the North. That was something the wide receiver room scares me a little bit, but Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the game. I love Patrick Queen. Uh, Marcus Peters obviously being questionable when he, and then now he's wasn't, uh, I wanted him to be a key part of that team still. Uh, I know he, he's one of my favorite corners to watch. So uh, unfortunately his injury last year was a big deal. And, uh, but you're right. I didn't even think about Kyle Hamilton because he was projected to go as early as like five, I think in mm-hmm. the draft and he kind of fell to them. It just was like a perfect fit for them. So I really like the Ravens from what they did the year before and the Lamar Jackson points really good. I'll touch up on him actually in a little bit, but let's hear what you got for the AFC South, which I still think is probably going to be the most boring division this year. Um, the AFC South. I actually, I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts and I don't like doing that. I, I love Vrabel and what he's done at the Titans. Obviously, I'm a big Texans fan, which I actually do think the Texans are going to have a little bit better year than people think with rookie running back Damian Pierce, who's already got the starting job there. Um, Brandon Cooks, they got Nico Collins, and Davis Mills actually was one of the better rookie quarterbacks last year. Uh, but I just think there's too many questions defensively for them to truly even have a chance for the playoffs, let alone win the division. So I, th- I like the Colts roster a lot they have a really good offensive line they had the best running back in the nfl last year i think bringing in a veteran like matt ryan uh will be a huge boost to that offense with just some of the decision making that he has compared to carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. but another thing to keep an eye on if you're a fantasy guy i actually like michael pittman a lot this year because matt ryan typically has one receiver that ends up being like a top 12 receiver in fantasy and uh by all means pittman jr is you know going to be that number one target for him so if you guys haven't drafted listen to what jordan's got to say he's he's dudes with some balls deep in fantasy information and Pittman was a dog in fantasy last year with the wins and it's an upgraded quarterback for sure that's why i also like the colts that is the big reason the offensive line with jay tay jonathan taylor's shown it i know coming into his second year he's shown it all the way through his college career up to now that he is 
an absolute certified dog. And with, with Matt Ryan coming in there, I think it's going to be a, a very good year for the Colts to the extent what they do in the postseason. Probably not much, but uh, the Titans give me a little concern. Defensive stacked heavy. I don't think they have enough offensive balance just to rely on Derrick Henry. And I think Ryan Tannehill's time is kind of coming just in general to an end. And I don't think, you know, Malik's going to be the guy to step in this year yet. So that being said, probably getting to the juiciest division of the AFC West. And I, I had a tough time with this one, just kind of thinking about it because all four teams can contend for the postseason for sure. But I, I still lean on the Chiefs. You know, I know they lost Tyreek. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is actually going to turn out to be a lot better there than what people assume. I, I definitely expect him to have a comeback year, especially playing with a much better quarterback. And I think overall the Chiefs did minor upgrades that keep them just as competitive. And I think Patrick Mahomes, in a weird way to say this, is going to be a little bit smarter with the football this year. So I see, I still see the Chiefs owning the West. That's a that's a good pick. And honestly, if it wasn't a podcast, I would be completely in agreement with you. But considering we've gone through the first three divisions of the AFC and been all three the same on all of them, I'm going to go a different route. And I actually like all four teams in this division. But if I have to go a different route, I, I'd go with the one team who I think could resemble what the Rams did last year, adding Matthew Stafford to their team because he was kind of the big missing piece for the Rams. And that would be the Denver Broncos adding Russell Wilson. They already have a two-headed monster in the backfield with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. But then you also look at the receiving core could be one of the, the best in all around best in, in the in the NFL with three legitimate targets and uh, Jerry Judy, um, Hamler, and uh, Cortland Sutton. So mm-hmm. I love the receiving core. And then their secondaries very, very good as well. So I think those are those are that's the type of roster that's going to need to be built to compete. But man, this team offense, all four of these teams offensively, I feel bad for defenses in this division. I mean, you just look at who the quarterbacks are. Derek Carr is the fourth best quarterback in this division. He is no sleeper at a quarterback Mm -hmm. at all. Um, So I'm going to go with Denver, but I don't feel very good about Denver. And I could see it really going to the chiefs or the Chargers, or the Rams. Yeah, I'm gonna go it to could the be Bron- a coin flip. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Broncos. So. To go into the extent of when I look at the wild card, I see three teams from this division making the playoffs, and you could pencil in any three of those teams to make the playoffs. I actually have the Raiders, who was the team that made the playoffs in the last game of this year, year excuse me, beating Los Angeles. I see it the other way around this year. I got the Chargers and the Broncos. So the Broncos, see, it was tough for me. I actually sat here and debated Broncos or Raiders. Raiders had been there. I think the Raiders stayed very consistent did what they had to do to lock up the right guys. Uh, and I questioned, is Russell Wilson enough to make that team from what Denver was last year, which wasn't competing for a postseason spot good enough? And I do say he is good enough to change that, especially with a more experienced secondary now. He's going to elevate those already great wide receivers. And like you mentioned, I think Williams is, is going to have a great year in the backfield. Uh, what the balance is going to add with Russell Wilson, he won't have to be relied on as heavy. And Gordon's going to be a great support for a little more power. The Chargers defense got a lot better and it was already really good. I think they have the best secondary in that division and Herbert is Justin Herbert and he's wiped all the concerns from when he was getting drafted out of Oregon to being potential top three quarterback in the league. So I got the Broncos and the Chargers in this postseason and I I don't think I can count out Joey Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals to not clinch a postseason berth and at least compete again. So those are my three wildcard teams out of AFC. I like it, and I don't really think I need to go too into 
much more depth than you. I think you're exactly right. Whatever team wins the West, I see there being at least. So there's three wild card teams this year. Yeah, there's seven as of last year. Oh, that's seven total teams. Yeah. Got it. So the ones got the buy. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So I, I could see a team like Miami being sneaky, low Mm -hmm. key. Uh, I'm not sure how Mike McDaniel's is going to do in his first year there, but he's been able to figure out an offense with Jimmy G and some of the playmakers around him over the last few seasons. And I think Tua with having the weapons and Waddle and Hill, if they can stay healthy, they may be able to put up some points in probably the second weakest division in, in the AFC in my eyes. So um, I like Miami potentially, but I'm not going to discredit Joe Burrow. Um, if Cleveland can hold weight a little bit until Deshaun comes back, I don't, you know, that could be a team that actually does compete for a wild card spot late in the season. But I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. I'm going to go Kansas City, LA, and Cincinnati as my three wild card teams. Yeah. I thought about Miami too. Waddle and Tyreek's a really good wide receiver duo. And then Mike Gusecki's really good too. So uh, they have a solid defense in the linebacker court. Javon Holland's kind of one of my favorite secondaries to watch. So he had a really good year. He's just awarded captain, I believe, for the Dolphins for the first time. So it'll be interesting to see Tua if he's going to elevate his play because I thought he picked it up at times last year and then games he didn't and he was just average. So I think Tyreek's actually going to bring that confidence he needs. So Miami, yeah, could be sneaky. I like it. To slide over to the NFC, I kind of like the way the route we went, east, north, south, west. Yep. So I, I had a little tough time on this. I think Philadelphia did a great job in the offseason kind of improving. I thought the trade for Green was really uh, – yeah, or Brown, sorry. Wait. Yep. They, yeah, AJ they Brown. For, yeah, they traded for Brown, not A.J. Green. Whew, God, I know my stuff. Trading for <laughs> A.J. Brown was actually a really good play, and I think they, they fleeced, honestly, Tennessee there. Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, I would say. He's fun to watch at, at the very least. I don't know if I'd go good. I think he's fun to watch. But I think Dallas comes back just as good as they were last year, and I think they even strengthen up a little more on the defensive side to, to win the NFC East again. Yeah, I think we're a year away from Philadelphia. And I, I'm not on the Jalen Hurts train as much as many folks are, I think. For Philadelphia to be good, we saw they were consistently winning games and end games when they were able to run the football. Um, they add a piece, like you mentioned, in A.J. Brown. They also have uh, Devontae Smith, former Heisman winner out of Alabama, coming into his second year. So he has he has a pair of pretty good receivers there as well. Um, but I'm going to roll with Dallas. I know they got rid of Amari Cooper. I think that sets up C.D. Lamb for an absolute explosion in fantasy football this year. Um, also, big reason why Micah or Michael Gallup is expected to miss some time after being hurt in the last week of the season last year. So if you're looking for a fantasy pointer, I like C.D. Lamb. If he can be healthy, I think Dak's going to have to kind of force him the ball until they get a second receiver back because um, he's got kind of a mixed bag of receivers after that. And then I think if Dallas is smart and if Mike McCarthy is smart, they have to find a way to rotate Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. I think Ezekiel, I think if they can honestly have a balanced attack with both of them, they both add a different element to the rushing game that I like. That being said, I wouldn't take either of them in fantasy because <laughs> of that reason, but I'm going to roll Dallas as well. Yeah, good, good point. I really like Tony Pollard's. 
I like what they both bring in. Pollard would probably be a number one on probably half of the league's team. So when he decided to stick around in Dallas, I was a little surprised actually, but you're right. Mike McCarty. I think it's a big year for Mike McCarty, despite making the playoffs, despite how Dallas did overall, I think it's a disappointing year uh, to the past year. So uh, Mike McCarty, I'm not a big fan of him, to be honest. I, at the time when the hiring was happening, I wanted Lincoln Riley, who's now at USC to get the job because that was the rumors and it was Mike McCarty and I was severely disappointed, <laughs> but yeah, well, if, if he, I'll put it to you this way, everyone thinks that if he doesn't perform well, it's Sean Baton's job to lose at this point. So wow. I think he's going to be on the hot seat from day one, nice. um, but we'll, we'll go ahead and move over to the North. Mm-hmm. I like what Minnesota's done. I like the receiving core. I like their one-two punch in the backfield because Dalvin Cook is going to miss a few games here. Everyone knows that with uh, Alexander Madison backing him up. But you look at their head coach coming over, offensive coordinator with the Rams last year. You saw what he did with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. That excites me to see what he can do with Kirk Cousins and either Justin Jefferson or even Adam Thielen is kind of similar role. He's not as quick as Cooper Cup, but he runs some of those short yardage routes, more of a possession style receiver. Uh, I'm excited to see what the Vikings can do, but I, I just can't pick against Green Bay. They just find a way every year. Every time I think that they're not going to be there, they end up winning 13 games. So I'm taking A-Rod, the two, back-to-back MVP, and taking the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Hard to bet against Rodgers, and I'm going to do it. And this was the team. I said there was a team in here that I picked to make the playoffs last year, and they didn't do it, and that was Minnesota. I had them penciled in for a wild card, and I thought it was a for-sure lock. Kirk Cousins for exactly what you added. I think his game gets elevated. And I think he's actually underrated to the extent that people just make fun of him because some of his passes that are bad are memes. But his QBR is always good. Throws a good amount of touchdowns and really doesn't turn the ball over too much. But when he does, it's just ugly and stupid. He always plays bad the first five or six games. And that actually is what hurts the Vikings a lot. Their defense has lapses in the front of the season. They face a few injuries. What I really like about Minnesota, you run up Dalvin. Uh, there's a there's a tight end coming back, Irv Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. He's really good. He had a really good year before he got hurt this past year. And Kirk Cousins, all through his time at Michigan State, all in Washington, when they had Rudolph in his prime, he loves tight ends. Irv Smith Jr. was a guy that they were banking on. That's why they were comfortable moving on from Mason Rudolph to be a really good tight end. And I think that defense, healthy, maybe needs a little more secondary help on the cornerback side, not the safety side could really make an impact. I just got them in the division because Green Bay, the only unknown thing I have on them, I think Green Bay is still a powerhouse on kind of both sides of the ball. Aaron Rodgers is still going to get his. Alan Lazard is the biggest, not question mark. It's just, is he ready to take over as a top wide receiver? And that is going to be, is there more than just him and Green Bay? That's what my question is. Yeah, and I think with, I guess to expand on that a little bit, I agree their wide receiver room is where all the questions are. They have uh, Watkins, rookie coming in this year, but their backfield is going to be a nice change of pace. They had it last year quite a bit with AJ Dillon being that bruiser back and then Aaron Jones being the guy that catches the ball in the backfield. I look for like a lot of, with that receiver room being in questions, I kind of see the Packers offense mirroring what Drew Brees and the Saints were Drew Brees' last year, like a lot more checkdowns and like passes off to the short, like Alvin Kamara type. We, mm-hmm. They kind of use him in like an Alvin Kamara type role. Not that like Aaron Rodgers is at the level of Drew Brees when Drew Brees was retired. Like obviously he's back to back MVP, but Kirk Cousins, 
you mentioned he struggles the first half of the year. He's also like historically one of the worst players in prime time um, yeah. <laughs> with them expecting to be like in the mix. That means there could be a lot of flexed games to prime time, which if that happens, go ahead and lock your bets in to not bet the Vikings. <laughs> That's he says it's something about like a circadian rhythm. Yeah. Like I, he gets thrown off because he gets used to playing at the same times. So. I was going to say a lot of his primetime games were in Seattle and didn't work too well for Kirk Cousins. But that was, you know, back in the day. Do you for, like it for the South? For the South, I don't think there's really much to say other than Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. I, I, I like, I actually like the Saints quite a bit too. this year. I do too. Uh, I think Jameis is going to have a pretty good year. I think with Sean Payton leaving and seeing how he handled the offense last year, I think they opened it up a little bit for him this year. Now that he's got some receivers. He's got Chris Olave, as you mentioned. He's got Michael Thomas potentially coming back. Um, and then they're also going to be able to run them past the ball to, to Kamara. And then defensively, they're going to be really, really, really good as well. So I, I like them as potential wild wild card team. I do too. I think Jameis is, had a really good year after the eye surgery. And me and Booth are really big on Jameis. Podcast is big on Jameis. Uh, it's just because it's Jameis. And, but to go to the what I wanted to get at before he got hurt last year, the team was like six and three and mm-hmm. was cruising to maybe competing for the South title or at least a wild card spot. And it only went downhill because of, you know, that uh, Cameron Jordan's fantastic on defense. And that's going to be a, a big presence on the front end. And I think New Orleans can compete for a wild card spot because, I mean, why not? To, potentially, potentially, yeah, potentially. This next it, division, this next division we're going to discuss could be similar not as of talented as the afc west but there's a lot of good things going on in football on the west coast and uh that'll trans or that'll segue us into the nfc west who you like it yeah i want to say i like the 49ers but i for reasons i i do like trey lance i just don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna work what they change the struggles from how they ran the offense when Trey Lance did get his opportunities to trying to call the same play style as when Jimmy Garoppolo was in the offense. It didn't seem like it always worked. Maybe that's just because it was a rookie quarterback, but the Rams are still polished to every extent. They added Bobby Wagner to an already stacked team. I think uh, Van Jefferson's, you know, projected to have a good year better than what he's doing. He's developing obviously Cooper cup and they, I think, you know, Cam Akers is going to come back a little bit better and, there's just no reason to bet against the Rams. Yeah, I'm not going to bet against them either. I like the Rams to win the division. I think my concern with the 49ers is you look at kind of their roster size. Talent-wise, they're they may be even up there with the Rams in terms of talent. I worry a little bit about the receivers. I loved Debo Samuel last year. He had a huge season. I worry about him staying healthy. He's kind of like that small. He's kind of like that Tyreek, a little bit bigger than Tyreek, but smaller. Uh, body size and just the usage that they gave him last year with handing him the ball off as a running back. Like he is going to be taking a lot of hits. If that's the case this year, Brandon, Ayuk struggled with some injuries last year as well. Elijah Mitchell struggled with some injuries out of the backfield as well. So I worry with, as guys start going down, how will Lance respond? How will Kyle Shanahan kind of get that offense to the place it needs to be to, in order to win the division. So for that, I'm taking the Rams, but I do, I actually really do like the Arizona Cardinals this year. I think if Kyler Murray can stay healthy, adding Hollywood Brown, obviously they lost Christian Kirk, but adding Hollywood Brown, and they are a team that's historically very good in the early months of the year with Cliff Kingsbury. And then 
injuries kind of derailed them last year, but then they signed another tight end since we're throwing a couple tight end names out this pod. They signed Zach or they traded for Zach Ertz last year. And once they traded for Zach Ertz, that offense kind of started clicking again. They're going to have DeAndre Hopkins coming back after week seven. So if they can stay uh, injury free, Kyler, that being, um, I actually, I like the Cardinals and they lost Chase Edmonds, which I actually think is going to be a good thing for their backfield. You saw James Conner last year, how great he was and how touchdown dependent he was. So he's not going to have someone on his heels this year. I actually like him to have a pretty good season this year. Yeah. James Conner had a great year last year, showed a little showcase when Le'Veon Bell went out in Pittsburgh and hadn't really lived up to it until really last year. At that point, we started to see what James Conner could do. That front line is going to help a lot. That division's super stacked. Arizona, I do like a lot, but it's got to be a full season play. It can't just be half because they played a fantastic. I think they were like nine, ten, and zero last year, if you remember mm-hmm. right. And, and like then it just really fell apart at the end. You're right; they hit a little stride at the end, but an early exit in the postseason was disappointing. But at the same time, they overperformed to an extent last year. I think Kyler's going to keep keep you know proving people wrong to to say you know uncertainty was all around his name coming in the league, especially being drafted first overall, and he's done exactly what he needed to do. So it was a big hit on that for wildcard teams. I went back and forth a little, even while we were talking, because at first I, I had green Bay, new Orleans and, and San Francisco, but I think I take new Orleans out. I just don't think, I don't know why I, the NFC, I don't think the NFC is necessarily better than the AFC. I just think some divisions and some teams have it easier to get in. I don't know if easier is the right word either, but I got San Francisco, Arizona and green Bay as my three wildcard teams, no particular order. I like it. I'm going Minnesota, new Orleans, and I just have to see something from Trey Lance before I can become a believer. Um, so I'm going Arizona as my third. Totally valid. I love it. While we still have just a little time, give me give me just one player who just one who you think should be the MVP pick. MVP, I yeah. like Josh Allen. I'm gonna take Josh Allen. I like their roster this year. I already mentioned the receivers, and I think they're gonna be able to put up some points this year. This one might be shocking. I said I was gonna touch on them later. Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar's contract got, year. Yeah. Contract year. Everyone plays well in contract year, especially when they, it's a chance to get a big payout. Like I said, it's the stress. I really think the stress was on his shoulders last year. There's no help. JK Dobbins coming back. I, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Book it right now. Cause I will clip this to the extent if this team even wins the AFC or if Lamar obviously wins the MVP. JK Dobbins is going to elevate that team and elevate Lamar Jackson to a whole new level. JK Dobbins is legit. I like it. I'm going to take Derrick Henry as my comeback player of the year, though. Okay, that's good, too. Perfect. I mean, that's almost like an easy one if he yeah. comes back, if he can come back early and play. I got Jameis. Hey, <laughs> yeah, there on. you go. Jameis. Rookie, rookie I'm, I'm being serious. Keep an eye out for Damian Pierce. He's going to be a stud for the Texans. Damian Already Pierce. won the job. Keep an eye out. He's going late in a lot of drafts as well. He's like, right now, I think his rank is like right around 100, so. Man, I don't even know. I'm kind of sad Thibodeau got hurt because I actually maybe would have penciled him in to do it. Uh, I think Aiden Hutchinson will actually be really good, and I think we're going to see a defensive. I guess there is defensive rookie in the year and an offensive yeah. rookie of the year, so i got to go with Hutchinson. Phew, offensive rookie of the year. Hutchinson looked like a beast on hard knocks too, so I, yeah. might, I might ride that train. He like, he's got like young, skinny J.J. Watt vibes. <laughs> if 
if Pickett plays, I think he could win offense rookie of the year. It seems like it almost always goes to a quarterback. So, but I don't know how many times he's going to see the field this year. Yeah. I mean, none of those rookies are expected to start with Willis Ritter or Pickett currently. Yeah. So your pick might be the right one for offense. Rookie of the year. <laughs> All right, guys, sign us off, Nick. Man, we're excited. College football rolling back in. Go watch Texas this weekend for Jordan. See Bryce Young because that's who I hope the Seahawks draft. We didn't mention them. They're going to be terrible. Hopefully get a high draft pick, get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. And we are just so excited. Football season's back. We're excited to touch up on you. And some will be action coming up as teams are looking to clinch. And most importantly, enjoy the weekend. Catch a brew. Get some wings. Have a good time. Sit on your couch and be that lazy son of a gun we've all missed for fall. Thank you for listening to another episode of Dudes with Some Balls. One quick Bills or Rams? Who you got tomorrow night? Bills. We're rolling Bills. No one circles the wagons like them. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.